It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Wow. Just sitting here listening to this shit. Well, I'd just like to say this is uh, the farewell tour for Trevor today. He's gonna, we're gonna miss him. We got a. Oh, don't be like that. We're gonna re- we're gonna replace him with Aldis. Uh, oh, hey, okay. God, I know that's a rib. That's we need we need the ratings. So, <laughs> speaking of oh, ratings, is Aaron with us today? Yes. As a matter of fact, I am. Hello, Terrace. Oh, seeker of truth and knowledge. Yes. Always. Jack, yeah, always. How, how are you? I'm good, man. Yeah. I'm good. Good, good. And ours are good friend Tyra. You know, man, um, I'm uh maintaining, sifting through yep, the, that's the, all we can do. the fun. That's all we can do. All right, man. Um yep. so all right. So today we've got thirty seconds with Heath at some point. And um he's gonna be too busy to talk to us, as always. And then awesome. uh you guys know him as Scion, but obviously we will not mention Scion on the radio. But Robert uh, Rodardi, he is our special guest because this time I made sure to screen the f- guests to make sure that when they left wrestling, they had a good job. <laughs> so, <laughs> or at least a plan. At least right? a plan. That's, yes, that's the message. Right. Hopefully, we're recording now because. <laughs> Yeah, good. Because I did, I did notice none of us pushed that show. Like none of us really, really were like, "Hey, we did it!" Yay! Yeah. The, the quite possibly the saddest podcast ever, which is great if you're a sad podcast, but we're not. It was the exact opposite of what we were supposed to do. The only thing we didn't do was walk him out in the backyard and shoot him afterwards oh. because he literally sounded like he had the most miserable existence in the history of man. I mean. If we can teach anybody anything, yes. we can teach them to have a plan. You got to have a plan when they leave. Uh, you have a professional plan. wrestling, or, or you're asked to leave. You're right. you know, whatever right. the case yes. may be, the have plan it. cannot be hot and have one. I don't know. I just uh, <laughs> right. you know uh, just sold my house and uh, yeah. took that money and bought another one. Then I sold that one. Oh, you're flipping houses? No, nope. Not doing that. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's it then. Thanks for yeah. coming on. <laughs> Uh, there was a punchline you know in there what? somewhere. Just, yeah. When you're one of the greatest talkers of all time, I, I, that's, that's uh, shocking. Yeah, but now when you look back at them, now it's like it's kind of like one of those things where it's like Step Brothers, where at first it was funny, the two of them in the tuxedos, and then after you get around them, now all of a sudden it's kind of f***ed up when you listen to the stuff they're saying <laughs> back then. Now you look at the promos and go, ooh, why didn't I see that before? Yeah. That happens to all of us, though. Whenever you, whenever you spend time with a hero, and then one day some kid will be like, "Yeah, man, I met Tyrus. Boy, wow, that was oh, yeah. wow." You know what? That that's a great theme for this pod, like th- this show. Never meet your heroes. Because, yeah, no. man. yeah. I like, mean, think about it. I heard that mm-hmm. before too. If you have a hero, that's the last thing you want to do is meet him. Well, yeah. it sad, seems though. like we catch them always at their worst moment. Right. You know well, that's I mean? why they're like meeting that's... you. They're no longer top dog because if they were, they wouldn't be <laughs> around with any of us. Uh, They'd be like, yep. yeah, I don't have time for two. Well, one chunky buff guy, yeah. one chubby guy, 
one guy who can't see and another guy who's got 9,000 different <laughs> my personalities. My vision's getting better. It's yeah. getting, I like to tell myself You know, the that. good news is when you say pick that up, everybody in the room bends down because you don't know where the hell you're looking. So <laughs> it's, it's getting better. Oh, my gosh. Aren't you glad you came up from Jersey for this? Yes, sir. If you guys can't tell, I'm in a mood I'm, today. I'm facing all I, truth. I'm in a mood. I'm, I'm literally daring Robert not to have a good story. I am not going to. It'll be gloves off today, you know, because we're learning here at Three Wise Men. And, yes, we're no longer the Three Wise Men. We are more than three, but that's why it's a question mark in the end of it. At least one of us is stupid. So we're going to see who's, like- who's the dumb guy today. And that, you know what? That might be an award for the day. Who was the dumbest wrestler at the end of each show? So, I mean, Aaron, you got something to strive for. So, Well, I, again, I have to work to be dumb because, as we know, I'm a little more intelligent than the average person. I mean, let's just, again, you keep, hey, As long as you believe no, it, it doesn't matter. As long as you yeah, believe you, if you see it, believe it. Hey, Honky Tonk Man said he was the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Clearly was not, but <laughs> but you know what? We all None believed of us were it. Ever intercontinental champion. Wait a minute, uh, Kevin? No, sir. Nope. I, I, you know what? I, I spent ten years in that company. I don't have one title. Not I, one. Yeah, I held yeah. tag team championship with yeah. Kofi in Brazil for two nights because our okay. yeah. truth uh, broke his foot. But what was frustrating for me was. <laughs> The Colognes beat us in the first match. Right. And then they gave us an automatic rematch. And then we beat them. So technically, at that point, my tag title reign with Kofi should have began. Right. But, you know, politics being what it is, uh, you know, somehow truth managed to, maybe it was the Jimmy thing, I don't know. But, you know, he was able to maintain his tag team championship. I I had a decent run uh, at the United States title uh, against Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. But, uh, you know. That's yeah, a, that's a superstar right yeah, there. I yeah, chased yeah, Dolph too. Yeah. I chased Dolph. Couldn't catch him. He's yeah. wiggly that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if you're not paying attention, you get sex pinned by him. Right, right. The last thing you want in this day and age. Nobody yeah. wants that. No one wants a sex pin. <laughs> no. Uh, if you're running, I would rather not tap anymore. out. To be yeah. honest with you, I rather tap out. If I even yeah. feel it coming, I'm, I'm, I'm tapping. To be honest with you, though, as one of your friends, I do. I would like to see that just to watch it happen and watch your reaction. It won't be good. And chances are, I will blow the. I will blow that spot. I'm as kicking out, who's been and humped, I'm going to humped, shut my mouth. As a guy who's been humped by a 500-pound man on national TV, I, I think I. Oh, I that's right. right, you and Big Vis. Yeah. Hey, please tell us that story because it always gets better because you get more embarrassed every time you tell it. So, please well, share know. the story. The first of all, Big Vis was one of the most gracious WWE Wonderful. superstars uh, that I had ever come across. He never met a new guy he didn't like. He never, he never, and he, he was had a lot of wisdom and he had a way about him to where a lot like Godfather, he didn't let the business eat him up and it can, and you'll see a lot of guys who've been in, who've put their time in and have to start getting younger guys ready that are not always in the best of moods about it. And he I was can't, never bitter. I have yeah. never, I, never, I can't say ever all the time about him being bitter ever. Nope. And I had my fair share of rub-ins with, you know, guys who saw this big smart ass coming up and didn't want to do anything. And I remember he just said, Hey man, if you weren't great, they wouldn't care. So obviously right. you're doing something right. So they're noticing. He just had a better yeah. way of looking at every situation and uh, he treated everybody the same. I don't think whether you were the top guy or you were literally the guy who was sweeping up the after the arena, Big Vis said hello. So uh, going was, into that. Um, and now he can, was the first guy that I got to, like when I first came into, sorry to interrupt, to come into WWE, I didn't know anybody. And Harley had brought him in for a couple shows. 
And I walked into my first raw in awe, still a mark, still, you know, just a young guy trying to make get an opportunity. And he was the first guy to be like, you know, hey, Trevor, come over here. You know what I mean? And like sat me down and, you know, said, hey, I'll, I'll help you out in any way I can. You know, you're not here by yourself. And that was that, you know, for a young guy coming into business, not knowing really what's going on, that was a huge relief for me to know that I had somebody in my corner like that. Yeah, you always remember um, those people too, right? And, uh, you know, uh, Handsome Heath was one of those people for me that, you know, you kind of, like you said, you're your mark, right? When when I got in the business, I was whoa. a huge mark to it, and uh, and walking around, and and I remember even <laughs> I remember even wanting to take pictures with some of the guys, and they had to come up to me and say, you know, Kev, yeah, Alex, I yeah, yeah. Like, hey. right? I, t- I got yeah. some heat for that, I, and I and I got some actually major heat, and they were like, Kev, even uh, you know, someone in management said, you know, you, you belong here. We hired you just you know chill out, fit in, right? But uh, but yeah, I, I remember those people kind of coming up to me, yeah. I think, uh, and looking back on it, man, there was nothing wrong with being a fan. Yep. And if you were in the NFL and you walk by and here's Tom Brady, yeah. you're going to say, hey, you mind if I get a, I, I want to be like you. Yeah, I look up exactly, to you. Exactly, right. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes they just, sometimes people, their own insecurities kind of show out, you yeah. know, and that's the one thing uh, people don't realize wow. about uh, sports or even simulated combat sports, like the one that we've all right. danced in for so long is that uh, position is everything, and guys will fight for every – there's no dirty trick they won't play to hold on to their spot. And right. I, and you get it because it goes back to that whole plan B. Right. A lot of guys don't have a plan. They're going to wrestle until they're, literally their wheels come off, yeah. and they don't yeah. realize that that's not – statistically, it's just it's just like the NFL. You get drafted by the NFL, and it's like the greatest thing in the world, and your whole life's changed. Two years into it, you could you could be done. Yeah. You know, and then, mm. then you got the rest of your life to think about. It. And a lot of times, men especially, I think more than women, I don't know what you guys think, don't seem to have, we get caught up in the moment right. and what's in front of us. We don't always look down the road. Especially we think it's going to last forever. When, um, when you leave a sport like that, you know, your brain, or any sport rather, your brain requires almost rewiring because you have to be so focused to do anything at the top level. Yeah. And, um, you know, where it, it has to consume a large portion of who you are. So, again, having a plan B, it, it is, of course, the right thing to do. Yeah, it's yeah. almost when you're, you know, in any sport. I mean, and I was played college football and then into, uh, you know, WWE and sports entertainment. This is the truth. The real world is a tiny bit slower. Right when you leave it, there's an adjustment space that you uh, that you have to, like you said, shift into, and it, it, sometimes it's it's a hard thing. You know, it's it's a hard transition to make because of the adrenaline. You know what I mean? You're out there in front of twenty thousand people, and you're right. Sometimes not having a backup plan, if that's your state of mind, uh, will help you because you love what you're doing. You know, you you yes. love what you're doing. I remember saying, you know, in college, t- telling one of my uh, coaches he looked me dead in the eye said look i'm going to the nfl you know what i mean and there is nothing else and it kind of took that level of uh you know discipline dedication to get me there obviously i didn't right and and i became a wwe superstar but there is something to be said for hey this is my life and you're not going to take it from me and nobody is and and i think that leads to to uh you know, a better state of competition for everybody. But as you become a man, you know, and you and you get older, you can't be an athlete forever, right? And I, and I think that's the message. Like, if you're going to pursue athletics, if you're going to pursue uh, entertainment or, or professional wrestling, sports entertainment, that, you know, as you age, you, you can't be an athlete forever, and you, you got to have some other things to fall back on. 
Well, that's a great. That's, that's right. A great and point. Not everyone can age like me either. So correct. If you plan on more truth, look. Oh you have to time. <laughs> Is there an extra big mirror around you lately? Uh, you know what? There happens to be because uh, yeah. I'm at the uh, the heels facility where we're, we're working out. And uh, I, I noticed how he got that in. You guys notice how he got that? No, in? no. Well, uh, well, actually, I don't think I, I hear him said that. So heels, but where 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 we have these movable mirrors, and let me tell you something. Life is good. You shouldn't yeah. talk about people like that. They're humans. They're not movable mirrors. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Dick yeah. move. I, Dick move. Aaron. Anyways, we digress. Move. Let's just plan B. <laughs> oh man, plan B is not just a pill anymore. <laughs> 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 It's a real thing. It's a real thing. But we all have to prepare hey, for it. But we're not above being sponsored by it. <laughs> so, right. hey, yeah. I'll be the first. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. We, I said, I love my friends, but my head. best friend in the world is my good old Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I would be the poster child for Plan B because I don't need to breathe. You are the poster exactly. child for what happens when you don't have Plan B. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. The world does not need another me. No, not even a little bit. Speaking of doesn't need somebody, do we have Heath available? Not yet. All right, of course not. Uh, Guy's oh, busy. yeah. Speaking Super of the devil. Busy. He's still preparing for his 30 seconds? He's Heath. He's That's on the right. go. He's That's on right. He's, on, he's one of the – you know, it's funny. He's like, I only got 30 seconds, but he right. can get at least 17 talking points in in 30 <laughs> seconds or less. <laughs> so he has played title shot. Yeah, he had a title <laughs> shot in last time. He checked on everybody individually. He shared a moment yep. with everybody. Yeah. Uh, said, I don't know you, Trevor, but nice to meet you. And then he says, I didn't answer some questions, and he was gone. And I'm gone. Hey, it's baby. Hey, oh, there, there he is. is. Man, hey. I was hearing y'all. I didn't know how to try to unmute this thing. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, well, that's good, though, man. How are you? Last week brother, you were coaching football. What are you doing today? Hey, brother, get this crap, man. Um, <laughs> so last week, so we, we actually won our game. So I was pumped. My daughter scored a touchdown. It was awesome. You know, she's All kicking right. ass. It was so good. So, so get, there ain't no playoffs. What? It's like, oh, you no have playoffs. Games. What do you mean? Yeah, playoffs to go to the championship. You ever heard of that? Yeah, they, they don't have one? No. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it, it blew my mind. So, we have two first-place teams, and I'm literally sitting there like, how can you have two first-place teams? You like, can't. Exactly, you can't. So they all giving out all these participation trophies. Like, oh, good job, kids. What the hell? Participation trophy is getting out of line, man. You 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 get a trophy when you win. Thank it's not you. Just showing up, but yes. it's like I don't understand this. But anyway, I'm literally about to get on the phone with the commissioner, me and Coach Drew, and talk to see if we can damn have a playoff game between the number the two number one teams. And then next thing you know, like we're on hold forever. So he hangs up. I got on here with you, so I'm about to get off here with you guys so I can get back on there and see if we can do an exhibition playoff game. Well, best of luck, man. Yeah, man exhibition playoff it. game? Is that even a thing? It is a it's thing, Aaron. Shut up. Why are you going to ruin it? Heath's the guest. Why would you do that? Heath, I'm sorry. I love Heath. Heath, love you, man. He's already gone. He gone? And that's it. Oh. You upset him. 30 seconds with Heath, ladies oh. and gentlemen. Hey, and Aaron. Guys, hey, you there? Oh, no, there he is. He's back. Hey, hey. hey. Sorry. Hey, whoever said that, one, you can kiss my ass. And two, <laughs> you uh, stayed at my parents' house. How dare you? <laughs> Go get it, Heath. Go get it. Uh, 30 seconds Look with like Heath. drive-by right there. Just a yeah, drive-by. Hey, but I'm telling you, he says more than 30 seconds than you guys do in damn near an hour. Just want to put that out there. It's it depends like who your major tea. guest is. 
Yeah, what what is up with the, there's participation trophies now? Yeah, what yeah. Uh, Trevor, you got you with oh, your son man. and your son is uh does very well in baseball. Uh yes. and uh how do you navigate that? Yeah. Because there is no participation awards in the real world. I'm I'm pretty honest with him. Like he's brought him like we've he's gotten him from baseball and you know, I see the look on his face where he he would prefer have won whatever the situation was to be a winner. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm, I'm pretty forward with him and honest because that's how the world's going to be with him. When he goes out, they're not, no one's going to be as nice as we are to our kids. You know, they're not going to care about our kids the way we care about them. So I'm, I was just honest with him. And I said, you know, uh, did you want to win? He goes, yeah. Did you win? No. Well then son, there's a lot of lessons to learn when you're losing just because they gave you a trophy doesn't mean that, you know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. I, I'm just upfront and honest with him, and I've I've learned way more lessons in my losses than I have in my wins. Right. You know. Yeah, I, mean? I think I think Winning. everyone uh, who's being on who's being real with themselves would agree with that. You know, we're living in a time where I I just read a, I was prepping for uh, Gutfeld, and there was a story on there where and it kind of ties into this where these young adults, the Generation Z or whatever the hell it is, they don't want phone calls at work. They, they're too stressful to hear people, to have to talk to people. <laughs> so they want everyone to send emails or text messages because they don't, they get too stressed having to answer phone calls. Isn't that, you know, and that's, uh, I remember when I was, I must have been 22 or 20, the first time I got a text message. And I think it was either right out of college or right around there or right in college. And I was offended. Yeah. It was, it was from one of my, one of my best friends growing up. And I said, what is this? Why don't you, you know, if we're friends and, and we've known each other our whole life, why would you not just pick up the phone and call me? And now it is switched, yep. which I think is, is so fascinating by the way we all, uh, you know, consciously or subconsciously are communicating with each other. It's a, nobody picks up the phone to call each no, other anymore. No, and if you do, and you it, have it, to text. You right. mind if I give you a call? Yeah, and it's it's to me. Trevor did that to me the other day. Crazy. He was like, hey, yeah. mind if I call you? I, uh, actually, well, yeah, just text me. Right. Yeah. And now people are offended. They could be in your family. Yeah. And and you try to call them on the yeah. phone and they, they click it off. And what you get is a text. Why are you calling me? Yeah. And it's so to me from, you know, from my generation, I think we're all we're all in the same generation. It's like a it's like a split understanding where we're used to, you know, I'm used to somebody. If they respect me, if they love me, if they need to hear my voice, you pick up the phone and you call. But yeah. now it's it really has shifted. So, you know, I. Well, yeah. The only thing I would say is if you're calling your fiance and she's telling you why you're calling, text me. Right. There might be some red flags there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, other yeah. than that, I yeah, think, I agree with you. For me, yeah. it comes down to the situation. Like, there's a lot of times, like, between my wife and I when it comes to communication, like, you don't quite get across what you need to, whether it be positive or negative, in a text. You absolutely and, don't. Yeah. Because they attach feelings to your text. That's right. And those, and then sometimes a normal text of what you're trying to, you know, whether you're, you're happy comes across as hateful or angry to right. them. And there's this whole miscommunication and you're having an argument about something that's pointless and could have totally been avoided if you just took the five seconds to call them and say, hey, listen, I was thinking about this. And it totally changes the mindset of the. You know what I mean? Right. The yeah, there's talking. way too much to interpret through the written word, right? I mean, we need to get back yeah. to picking up the phone yeah. and Literally, calling each other. When yeah. people get offended if you say the word ass, but if you replace it with butt, they're right. fine with it. It's the same right. thing. Yeah. 
oh, but it's a dirty word. There's no such thing as dirty words. They're just dirty thoughts you put on words. Right. Based on that's kind of how I mean, yeah, and, and, and like it has kind of led to a more impersonal society to where like even now, like th- there's this weird sense of autonomy even in the the field of public service. And I, but by I say right. public service, I'm, I'm talking about like anytime you're dealing with the public, like at the hotel I'm staying at. Um, of course, the you person to tell that us checked that. me in. What's that? Nothing. No. <laughs> Um, the, 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 the person that checked me in had earbuds in and right. like I was wanting to uh, deal with an issue and like it's like they didn't even care you know what I mean they were just they didn't have the pleather like, pillow yeah uh, how about no, for, no, how no, about no, no no it's not that kind of a hotel no no they don't um they don't do that <laughs> how about for the last two <laughs> years or, are not allowed at that hotel yeah how about for the um, last two but, or three years we got we have masks on our faces and our faces and cell phones yeah, like, yeah. I, I could not believe yeah. it. I, I was looking around like, what is going on? And nobody's picking up the phone to call each other. We're all texting. And I said, you know, this is, uh, I don't know, something's up here. And it's got to change, I mean, right? The- we'll be back with much more after this. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Yeah, like even the online dating, right? Like that's right. and, and I, I have admittedly okay. You never got you got every dating website. Three <laughs> of the four guys are off the market, so we have no clue what you're talking yeah. about. With, no okay, idea. So, and I have never signed up for it. I'm not on the sites. I don't do that. I okay. never have. Yeah. Like I would imagine that's a. I mean, it's kind of like this impersonal thing versus actually seeing somebody in person, going to talk to them. And going from there, like it's almost like when I, it's not, it's not yeah. as, it's not as nice as say Craigslist. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, I am trying to crazy. add. <laughs> right now, and once again, I am <laughs> being attacked publicly. <laughs> this is, you know, I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> but I think, but Aaron, I think you're right, man. Like when I when I moved to California, I was uh, I did Bumble or something, right? Twice. I I, I think that you know everybody was t- what is Tinder and what is Bumble? And I said, okay, well you know this has got to be some sort of horrible exp- online experiment that we're all forced to go through. And I did twice in it, and it, you know what? It, it's just not. It's not. It's it's just not right. Because you know I mean? everyone no starts out lying. Yeah, it, everyone's it full. Lie. Everyone's picture, lying. Yeah. yeah, everyone's lying. The picture never, and mine included. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm, you know, smart enough a man to, you know, know better or worse than anybody else. But I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we're both showing up, and and she's looking at me like, well, you look nothing like you did in your picture, and I'm yeah. looking at her like, well, it's the same. Yeah, you're and like, then, you excuse know, me, sir, right. you li- clearly said. <laughs> right. We split a steak dinner, <laughs> and and then you know, and and that's that. But yeah, it, it the whole thing, man, the the whole way we communicate and the way we, we get together and and all that stuff is. Uh, you know, in I my c- opinion, I couldn't imagine dating well. today. I yeah. could not yeah. imagine dating oh, today. Oh, man. I, 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 I wouldn't make it. it. I would yeah. not make it. Like, as soon Everybody's as they. Everybody's catfishing everybody. Yeah. yeah, well, not to mention, then you sit down for dinner, and the first thing they do is take a picture of their food. Right. My, yeah. I'd that be like, man, another one. That, that's a red flag with me. Yeah. yeah. No. You know, no. they take a picture of their food. And then they got to go, hold you, on, I got to blog real quick. Because you know there's another guy out there that's looking at their social media and they're saying, well, I have to make sure that this guy knows yeah. I'm out to dinner with this guy yeah. or whatever yes. it is or vice versa. It's not a male or female thing, but it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's gotten pretty out of hand. 
You know, with the, with I just, the intention. I, I couldn't who imagine. needs a picture of scattered smothered half browns? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Well, not all of us hang out at the Waffle House. It's a great place for a first date. The food is always good. It's consistent. And you don't have to drop a lot of money because you may not like the person. Uh, yeah. He's got it down to a science. He does. Especially when unless they, it's, unless it's, it's always nice when you, you're on Craigslist and the meeting place is, is a <laughs> Waffle House. I, the, I, I mean, the, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, wow, this is better than when Harry met Sally. Like, this is, <laughs> this is the type of love story you tell your children about. Yeah. I've never dated from Craigslist, never dated on any. I never said a word about dating, sir. Dating implies you saw him again. I, yeah. You're right. Okay, You're thank right. you. Speaking of right. never I'm, seen again. I'm still searching for the right woman. Sorry. Yes, yes, you are, and she's hiding from you. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I've only screwed up about three. I mean, yeah. completely screwed up about three, yeah. but hey. Hey, and waiting for their books to come out. They're going to be epic. <laughs> she's out there right oh, now. Oh, good, you know she's a publisher? Out there. She's out there, and yeah, she's, she's listening there, and yeah. going, yeah, I'm just going to hold back on that one. On a side note, uh, the Chinese food in Atlanta is not what I thought it would be. I, I, I was expecting Okay, first better. of all, this is laced with – I can't edit this. So you, you're going on a racist <laughs> rant about Chinese food, Aaron, as a side note. I think that's the main, that's the main dish. What, pray tell uh, – does the the Asian cuisine that you're having in Atlanta is not the same as the one you used to get in Tampa? Is that basically what you're saying? Or California? Okay, okay. You know what? Now you, you're going to make this about race. You did. Where I am just describing a type of food. Okay, if I said pizza, would that be uh, against all the Italian Americans out there? If you would have said no. Italian pizza, yeah, probably. But you just the way you said it just sounded I don't know mean. Is that where you are okay, so now, Aaron? Like me. He just wants everyone to know he's, he's, he's on set. He's an actor on the job in Atlanta, which is fine. He went to a he went to an eight dollar Chinese food buffet, uh, didn't tip, and is complaining. You. You are the cheapest human being on the planet. Ha, okay, have I never not tipped though? And that be honest. I I when it comes to myself, I don't spend money. In fact, you can tell the story of how you and Santino had to buy me a We had to buy you a jacket. jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so you rather borrow yes. everyone else's. Like no, no, you are no, I just didn't wear you, one. you are literally a work of art when it comes to finding ways to pinch penny. You know, Bobby <laughs> Heenan was Bobby Heenan, the great Bobby Heenan, rest his soul, was known for being cheap. He's got nothing on you. Nothing. You are the cheapest when it comes person. To spending money on me. When it comes to others, I am very, very generous. I think I am. I mean, I bought my father a motorcycle. I have taken care of family members, some of which said that they pay me back, but those, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. suck is going to be suck. Yeah, you're your so regular charity right there. You're a walking, breathing <laughs> charity you are. Yes. And let, let's, let's not give me a break. Give you know, me I, I a break. I'm not believing any I, of this. You are a fountain <laughs> of misinformation. Everything no, out of your I, mouth is, please. You please, you you probably have a GoFundMe. That, that's that's part of Plan B, though. Save your money. Yeah, yeah save your know, money. Have, well, well, that he won't have a problem I, with it because he spends everybody else's money. There you go. <laughs> I did see a video of him reading the Bible once, which was very. Poetic. Thank you, Trevor. Yeah, I was asked I will, to do. Yeah, yes, Aaron Robert will. Barron. Aaron will do anything as long as there's a camera on him. Bishop Robert Barron and his staff asked me to read the Easter Sunday reading and the Passion reading, and I I gladly did it. I, it's actually the largest online Catholic ministry, and I was very honored to do it. And I did it for guess what? Nothing, because that he is looked, me 
getting uh-huh. back. Who, who am I? He looked very majestic with the one spotlight above him as he read the Bible. It was a very majestic sight, I will say that. Thank wow, you, Trevor, Trevor you're using the big words today. Aaron was majestic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, when it comes to describing my physical appearance, I mean, what do you expect? I hey, ex- no, I wouldn't go that far, brother. Now, come on. No, no, no. no. It's, it's nothing. No, I'm, I'm just very like, symmetrical. That's all. Yeah, especially between the ears. You're straight up and down. There's no depth to it. <laughs> How long have you been saving that one? Uh, it just came to me. Pretty much every time I'm around you, a new new disc just pops up. You like, you like, you'd be a great point guard in the NBA because all you do is throw them up and we all dunk them. Hey, like, uh, I'll be Muggsy. You would pick Muggsy. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna take Stockton. No, let's let me ask you all this. So uh, we had our we had a big pay per view that just came down, and uh, I guess you know everyone's talking about it. So Ric Flair is having his last match again, and you know because retirement in wrestling is yep. you know one of the most beautiful things about wrestling. Yeah, is that you retire, you, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know the only one I think is really stuck. Nope. I was about to say Shawn Michaels. Nope. Yeah. Taker. So far, I think. I think yeah, I think he he'll stay in the wings unless Vince needs like you know what I mean. You know yeah. Vince. Yeah. He needs Pull him out of the like, bullpen. He'll pay the money. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But but I think he'll he'll hang out. And I always kind of thought that that was you know a little unfair to the you know maybe the mid carters a little bit. I remember yeah. when I was in WWE, I was like, damn, he unretired again. Yeah. I was like, what am I? <laughs> so Taker, we're back to the take, back of I the mean, line for a ride, yeah, right? Take, yeah, Taker. <laughs> just Taker, obviously, uh, he goes. I mean, he's synonymous with the success of the WWE. Right. You can't say WWE mm-hmm. without saying Undertaker. You yeah. know, maybe even mm-hmm. more so than Hogan or you know yeah. the Rock, for sure. and all these other guys. But Taker has been a constant. The only one I would argue is Kane, but he didn't get quite the spotlight. Right. Kane's different be- to me because he did it. He never took any time off. So yeah. I, when if I had to vote for who was the flagship, you know, I'd always kind of vote for Kane. But as far as box office, you, yeah. it's Taker, hands yeah. down. Doesn't yeah. matter who was in the ring with him. You're an instant star that night. Yeah. So to be on the other side of the mm-hmm. ring against Taker was the lottery. Yeah. Uh, more so yeah, than sure. Cena. More so, and, yeah. and Cena's yes. great, but to be at Mania against Taker uh, in itself. Uh, regardless of the outcome, yeah. you're you're in you're in the history books. Yeah. So, but having said that, it was annoying as fuck that he would be gone all year and come, and then all of a sudden, all the TV time would go to Taker. Yeah. And again, he earned yeah. it. He he earned it. But it when you're when you're trying to come up and trying to get your spot, yeah. And there's not that many spots, yeah. and then everyone moves down a peg because Taker's coming back. Yeah. Uh, it is frustrating, and yeah. you do find yourself going. I, I figured, why don't I just retire? Yeah, and then come back. I retire right around. Yeah, trying to compete with the guys are retiring and coming back. I might Uh, as well just retire. The funny thing is, though, if you walked out or I walked out and be like, (laughs) "Well, the Funkasaurus boys and girls, (laughs) it's been a hell of a run." I'm gonna retire. My mic's my mic's not working. What's going on? (laughs) Hey guys, this is a moment. I'm about to take my boots off and leave them in the room. Me, okay? Yeah. Uh, Get out. All right. This this awkward. Yeah. Uh, so can or, I retire on SmackDown? Bigger story with the comeback than, yeah. uh, than hanging out if yeah. you know if you're not needed. Yeah, I mean, they what? just have guys down at NXT that mimic you now. That's the gimmick now, right? Like yeah. everybody, the guys that are reproducing seem to be a second generation of something that's already been there. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, and that's not like there's. Here's the deal, like, uh, and I don't put Funkasaurus up there with, but when you have a JYD 
or the American dream or a certain character or a certain someone that does something and it, it it's lightning in a bottle and for whatever reason it didn't last as long as you wanted to or you got you changed your mind with it. The machine thinks they can just recreate it. Right. And you can't. That's yeah. the one thing about wrestling is you cannot recreate. You can make you can make something new. You can bar it's like, you know, you can borrow something blue, something borrow, you know, whatever. You can take little things from different characters or greats right. and and form it and make and take it and make it your own and then produce it your way. That's the only way it works. You can't put a yeah. red tracksuit on a guy and say, okay, watch Funkasaurus videos and do it. Just like they couldn't tell me to watch a Dusty or a Vader or a Big John Studd or a King Kong Bundy and be like, okay, uh, bro, just do it. Because that's them. Right. And I can't do them, but yeah. I can do me. Now, I can take things from it. Uh, Bundy's singlet. Uh, Big John Studd's work rate. You know, uh, Dusty's charisma. So you can take little things and catch phrases like Michael Hayes was a big influence on me when it came to promos and stuff because he always said cool stuff on the fly. Yeah. So I think we're all, I mean. Uh, Never meet your heroes. Yeah. Well, sometimes you can. But Trevor. Gotta maintain. Trevor Gotta took maintain. stuff with Harley, but he's not pretending to be Harley when he goes out there. Yeah. You know, well. he's Trevor. You know, and I, I said that one night we was getting ready to go out for a match. He was about to get my Harley on. And I said, how about you get your Trevor on? Yeah, and then he kind of looked at me like, me "Yeah, he was basically like, hey, f you, man, I'm trying to go wrestle. <laughs> like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> <Right. But> <laughs> you laid his no, on me. Real <laughs> that was real, though. I was yeah. like, damn, like that was like, okay, like f cut me deep on that. But it was what I needed. You know what I mean? I needed to go out there and go. It's time to do you, Trevor. You've done paid your respects to everybody. You've done what you were supposed to. Now go get yours. Yeah, and yeah. man. Again, that reverts back to that locker room, man. We've got there in the NWA that unicorn that nobody else has, man. You've got a group of guys that just like are honest and upfront, not trying to hurt your feelings, not trying to cut you down, not trying to take anything away from you, trying to elevate you with honesty. Right. Yes. And and that kind of is where magic happens. That's where guys grow. That's where guys get become the the legends that we're talking about today. Yeah. Well, I need to come back out of retirement. <laughs> no, you no, you don't. You're the one guy who does it. What number of retirement is this for you, Aaron? Or is this, this your is first, first, this one, first one? Okay, good. Yeah, nice. Back to brass tacks. So uh, we kind of got away from it. So what are your thoughts? We'll start with, with uh, Trevor about Flair at 73 having another match. Um, you know, I think it's a good nostalgia thing. As long as everybody knows what they're coming to see. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I'm, you know, I'm happy for Rick that he still wants to go out there and give us one more match. Um, but I think this is more for him than it is for us. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, I want to watch Ric Flair, you know, when he's, you know, I'll even go as late as in the 2000s. Rick was still, you know, still on point there. Um, I, you know, I wish him the best of luck and, and I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people come watch, okay. but I just, I don't know. I don't think we're going to get the Rick everybody expecting. Oh, I know we're not going to get it. And, um, you know, and I think, again, with all the respect in the world, he stayed in the game way too long. Yeah. And when you see this, there's – I always think about the handlers around everybody and how they're using this guy and they're just trying to drain that last drop out the turnip of money that they can get out of the name, you know. And yeah. so I always kind of look at it like – and that's just me. I That'd be like, you know, if – some of the if Terry Bradshaw said he was going to go play in another football game, 
Yeah. You know, we love yeah. Terry Bradshaw, but I don't think anybody wants to see him throw a football right now. Right. You know, well, it's just or certainly get smoked, get hit. Yeah, or yeah. get I hit. Mean, yeah. It's a safety yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Too, where you want to, well, you know, yeah. Hold it right there. We'll be back in a bit. Let me ask you this. Do you think this was a handler's idea or do you think Rick, you know, knowing Rick, the, um, you know, like the, oh, the amount of time we get to spend with him, like this, this came from Rick. I don't oh, think you know, it, you know, it did. And that's when, when yeah. you have people around you to say no. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm reminded that's of that, Rocky, right? Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere in a Rocky story where yeah. you know he might not have, shouldn't, maybe, maybe, maybe not, shouldn't have been in there, and it's yeah. you know, you know, maybe but, give the guy. But a Rocky break. was a know. young man who was yeah. who had nothing to lose right. and everything to gain. Right. Whereas, unless it's just a financial situation in yeah. which that breaks your heart, because you know yeah. he's made millions right. uh, in this in this industry, and you would like to see when guys are in their seventies that did this business that are okay that yeah. are good you don't want to see guys who are staying because again sometimes the misconception is because it's there's parts of this that are pre that are pre-laid out Cor- it's simulated right. combat and don't get it twisted yeah. you don't leave this sport the same as you walked in right i don't care who you are mm-hmm. and yet one some point every one of us some of us already starting have to pay the bill Right. You want to be a warrior. You want the glory. You're going to go out there and kill yourself every night for cheers. You're going to have to pay the bill. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I, I've accepted that. I, I realize at some point all those bumps and all that, all those moments are going to, I'm going to have to pay for it. Yeah. And you, and you don't really notice it until you leave. Right. Yeah. And, and in your body and you go, whoa, yep. everything that people were telling me about this is real. And yep. I am beat up, yep. you know, and you, yeah, a hundred percent. The mm-hmm. average the average fight lasts about three and a half seconds, right? And you're fighting every night for twelve minutes. Yep. So boxers the same thing, and there's a price to be paid. So, you know, and you just mm. hope. I hope that he's safe. I hope it goes. I, I just on principle, I I'm good for them. They're gonna make money and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I, I when I watch Ric Flair, I watched when he was in the Horseman and he was feuding with Dusty. That's that's the Ric Flair yep. I like to remember. And again, this is just my what. Well, who cares what I think? But um. You know, I just, for me, I, I got good core people around me. And honestly, even when I started making my comeback, you know, Trevor was like, I didn't really like the way you're moving. You know, the pandemic, I was sitting around and I was sluggish. I had put on too much weight and I had to get yeah. down and everything. And, and I, you know, I appreciate the fact that Aaron and Trevor were like, well, we were a little worried about your first match because you looked just rusty and off a little bit. But, you know, you, t- you got your ass in gear and you, because yeah. if I couldn't, if my friends are like, hey, man, that's the third match where you just don't, you know, that at some point you have to accept what everyone else is thinking, right. you know. And that's the hard thing as an athlete because you got to have it from your corner. you got to have good people around you. And, uh, you know, someone mm-hmm. who says, hey, I love you, but yeah, you can't do this anymore. It's over. Right. And then those are the people that really love you, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, not are the guy who's like, love me? Are you one more match, I'm, A-Rod. Right. One more match, brother. Are you going to love me if I'm not out yeah. there wrestling? Right. And that That's the that, question. That's the you question. Know, because the line does get blurred. Yes. You know, and it's, you know... Mm-hmm. Nobody's yes. a circus animal. Nobody's, you know, nobody's out there, you know, whatever, whatever people are thinking, right? I mean, it's a profession and it's a job and it's a chosen thing and there's a sacrifice that's going to be made. But, you know, that, that's true. You know, I want people to love me as Kevin Kiley Jr. Yeah. Right. Not like, oh, not, hey, you're not in the biz, Bruce. Right. So I couldn't talk to you. And yeah, there's a lot exactly. Of that. Yep. And that's why I'm so glad we have our guest. Uh, my, my, I will always call him Arilla. You know, everybody has a bunch of different names, but uh, most everybody knows him as Rob or Robert. Uh, is he is Rob with us? Yeah, I'm here, man. Hey, what's going right. on, man? Uh, hey, 
Uh, you're on with uh, me, Kevin Kiley, uh, Aaron, you know him, and Trevor. <laughs> so uh, you have one of the best, I think, uh, post-wrestling stories. And um, now we were together at FCW. You and I were once a tag team. We were R-Rilla and G-Rilla. And, uh, you know, Kevin remembers one of your raps that you did in promos. Like, you were one of the best <laughs> promo guys that yeah. I think I had ever worked with. And that's, that's saying a lot. But uh, you never got enough. You were always creative. You always came up. I, don't, I mean, we did so much crazy stuff. I mean, this guy was literally doing Crocodile Hunter stuff. Like, he was just funny. Uh, and for, and you're, you're not a small guy at all, but you could, you were a hybrid because you could do power stuff with the big guys, but then at the same time, you could go with the smaller guys and the luchador stuff. So for a lot of the fans who don't know you, they're getting to know you for the first time, I figured give you the floor, tell your story a little bit, and then um, the rest would just ask you some questions or whatever, if that's cool. And we'll just yeah, kind of go absolutely. from there. Yeah, so uh, for the people that don't know, Robert Anthony, Egotisco Fantasco in some circles, uh, I've been wrestling on the independents for about 20 years now. And much like everyone here, this is all I ever wanted to do. I, um, When I got into training, I didn't have a backup plan because I always thought, you know, this is what I was going to do and uh, I was going to do anything I could to make it. And just like Trevor, I went to Harley's camp and uh, spent some time in Eldon, Missouri, right when he left, um, right when he got uh, signed to the WDB is when I got uh, to Harley's and pretty much did everything I can to get to developmental. And after developmental, uh, kind of made my name on the indie scene from there, you know. But uh, Rilla mentioned about me cutting promos and doing everything. I don't know if it's good or bad, but Billy Kidman used to say he reminded I reminded him of the uh, Disco Inferno. Whether I came up with a good or a bad idea, I always had a f- idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, no, kid, yeah, you're a little disco had some wild ideas. Uh, oh man, yeah, but yes, no. but that, that's one of the things, though. You know, anybody great, right? You throw everything against the wall, right? All the ideas, sure. you throw them all against the wall, and you see what sticks, and and you keep doing it. And some of them may be crazy, right? But but that's but that's art. You know, and I, and I always was massively entertained by you, man. I thought you were amazing. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I was there when 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 uh, Kevin first showed up. I was right. there for the very first bump. Yeah, I remember that. So you it, were it's pretty crazy. Correct man. me if I'm wrong. You were rapping hippotamus. My rhymes are bottomless. Right? Did you do yes, that? Sir. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I remember that. I remember wow. sitting. I was like, this dude's awesome. a genius. Yeah. No, that was Drops great. I yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what it is? Before I got signed, it would be I had a mask and uh, yeah. and and. And I was uh, egotistical, fantastic on the indies. And I remember Bill DeMont telling me uh, before I got to Deep South, uh, we talked on the phone and he said, hey, man, this isn't going to fly. And you got to think of something else. So I was kind of lost once I took the mask off because I didn't know who I was as Robert Anthony. Right. I didn't understand who I was until I got fired, actually. And I spent... I started wrestling. Yeah, I know. And and I and I got I started wrestling in the year 2000, and it took me about four or five years to get to developmental. And for four or five years, I was this mass character. And once I got it taken off, I was already in that system of you have Kofi Kingston, who I thought at the time had a genius thing. Yeah, Um, I thought so too. Everyone else, yeah, and like everyone else seemed to have their footing. And I thought, even though I had five years in, I was starting at zero. So I was really lost. I was really confused. So I came up with 
all these different ideas just to see if something would stick. But unfortunately for me, uh, that's kind of where my story ended because we went from deep south in McDonough, Georgia, to going to Tampa, Florida, to wrestling at Hitmasters or training at Hitmasters, the batting yep. cages, then to that to the food warehouse, which turned into FCW, while we're wrestling at the biker rally, the flea market, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I never had that time to figure out who I was and develop because we're always we were like gypsies. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. Bro, I remember that. It was like a food warehouse, right? When we first yeah. got there to FCW. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. No, no, no. It's fine. So like for a while, and I don't know if we're going to jump ahead, if I'm jumping ahead, when I got let go, I was number one depressed i was um i was bitter i thought the system failed me because um i always said i was in developmental didn't have a chance to develop you know so um i went for a real long time where i hated wrestling even to the point where i met my wife who um loved wrestling and she would like she would say hey let's go raws in town let's go to raw i'm like i'm not going to see my next girlfriend that yeah you know hey I mean? you're not so alone like, with that i think and i think everyone yeah, goes through that you know yeah everyone does yeah you can't watch so, it for a while right no you know you, no. you have to yeah you have to completely yeah and and i think I still don't watch it <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> we're being honest i mean yeah yeah you're not on it aaron's not watching nothing he's not on so yeah hey, we always now, speak the truth me, damn it for me i think my story is a little bit different from everyone here uh because my story began and ended in developmental uh everyone here made it on tv got an action figure had that on the road experience you know what i mean i, I think i have a different view and a different mindset when it comes to getting signed and getting fired right so when i got let go it wasn't celebrated like it is now like a lot of those kids from nxt um when they get let go it gets celebrated they go on this really good indie run. They have a little bit of a name because NXT is a, a TV product. But at, but back then when we were all there, except for Trevor, because Trevor went straight to TV. But uh, yeah, we, he tells <laughs> when us we were often. all there, uh, nobody knew we were there. You know what I mean? It all was right. like this hidden thing. Unless you were like really deep into professional wrestling, then you found those tapes or knew who was in developmental. So when I got let go, I was uh, 26-ish or going on 27. And I moved back to my mother's basement and, and I hit this big wall of depression. Like I made no money. I didn't make a name for myself. Now I'm going back to Chicago uh, where I started, you know, working the same Midwest local Indies and all my friends are either married or having buying houses and things like that. And I'm back living with my mom. So uh, it took a while for me to get back on my feet. And luckily I, I credit my mother with this because uh, she said when, when I got fired, I was in Tampa and I called her and I cried because like that was my dream and it was gone. I wasn't happy. I know a lot of guys say, oh, I'm so happy when I got fired. None of them are happy. None of them are happy. No one's yeah. happy. They say they are. Yeah, they're they full say of they I remember um, every one I'm, of I'm us, every one of us died inside when we got that phone call. I'm telling you that yep. right now. Every I, one I'm of gonna, us. I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna bury uh, uh, Trevor knows him and, and Rilla knows him uh, Keith Walker and Bradley <laughs> J. So uh, w when when I got let go, I cried to my mom. She told me to come home. 
And she's like, you're coming home. We'll figure this out. And I remember being in a, uh, a locker room in Chicago with Brad and Keith, and they were holding court with all the young guys like, oh, man, we're so happy we got fired, blah, blah, blah. And I was across the room going, man, what the f- you guys talking about i cried my eyes out when i got fired <laughs> i like i just called yeah. it out well, that's you though sacks, that's I who you are all. yeah yeah nobody and, nobody um, celebrated um nobody no, i didn't celebrate i was no sad, i mean and, we, and no matter so, what you can hate the business or you can blame it or whatever but you got there because you loved it yep and just like yeah. anything else when something you love says i don't want to be with you anymore whether it's a woman or a business or a sport there's a mourning process and if you don't have one you're going to have one or it's yeah. going to affect the rest of your life. So probably you were the most healthiest out of all of us because you mourned it immediately. I walked yeah, around with a chip on that. my shoulder forever. And if someone even mm-hmm. asked me if I wrestled, I said I didn't. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, I don't watch yeah. that. Shit. Like I was I was a heart that was heartbroken, you know, and uh, because my first time I didn't make TV either. Our, our uh, Robert and I were a tag team. And it seemed yep. like everything we did, every idea we came up with was just wrong. I think a lot of that was just, unfortunately, Robert got stuck with residual heat because we were Deep South guys. And when there's a new regime, it's like the mafia. Yeah. Yeah. Every, they want their guys in there and they want everybody out. And yep. I think we just kind of we just kind of were. Yeah, got caught in that change of ownership. Like, we had right? like one yeah, cool whatever. idea where yeah. everyone was doing gimmicks. Robert was going to put powder in my hand yep. <laughs> and, and then slap the guy. And so we did it, you know, and then Kern's like, oh, that's a disqualification. I was like, wait a minute, what? Right. Like, guys are doing all kinds of silly, you know, so you kind of knew. Or like a coaching change, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, they want their guys, right? It doesn't matter. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, but no, man, I commend you for that and being real about that because there's so many guys that were lying. And then they're the same guys that you see they're wrestling for, you'll see them at a show for 50 bucks selling gimmicks at a table and nobody's walking by it. You can't tell me that's better. Yeah. It's not. it was tough for me, and um, and and I went through a um, uh, a giant weight loss too, uh, because like when you're depressed, even though I was lifting, I wasn't eating. I really wasn't taking care of myself um, health wise. Because I think when I got when I got let go, I was about two twenty five, and by the time three months after I was fired, I was I was shy under two hundred pounds, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what the depression does. It, 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 at least for me, you know what I mean? I, I stopped eating well. Uh, my workouts were lazy. I didn't understand what was next. And for me, um, my mom said, you have no option. You're going to school. And I said, I don't know what I'm going to school for. Because I, I prepared my whole life to do this wrestling thing. And she said, well, you need to figure it out. So... I kind of just sat down and I said, um, you know, what do I like? What what can I be capable of doing? And um, before I got signed, I was a personal trainer, as a lot of the boys kind of fall into that as well, that, that whole gym job kind of deal. And I said, what's stable that I could kind of do? And I, and I thought about it real hard and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to be a teacher and I'm going to be a gym teacher. That, that's what I'm going to go for. So uh, I found a local... Uh, college that I didn't have to move to or anything like that. And I went to school and then, you know, I, I, I did the whole teaching route. That was my next step in life to kind of figure out this whole thing that is after WWE, what do you do? You know? Right. Would you try it? So, would you wrestle again, Robert? Would you try it? Uh, I think there's so much wrestling out there now, you know? So, so, so here's the thing. Uh, I didn't, I never stopped. Right. Okay. So when, when I got let go, um, and my, not many people know this, I'm going to bury myself now, but it's, it's a funny story. So, I got let go on a on a 
Tuesday or Wednesday. And by that Friday, I was wrestling for FIP in Florida. And then I, after the show, I drove to Louisville to stay with Cole Cabana uh, as my like halfway stop till Chicago. And when I got to Louisville, uh, Coke's like, hey, do you want to wrestle on OVW TV? I said, absolutely. So I had my mask. I put my mask on literally four days from being fired, wrestled Colt on, uh, on OVW TV, and then went home. So, uh, so once I got home, I enrolled in college, but I was still doing the indies because um, it was still in my blood. I, I still kind of wanted to see what was next. And at this time, 2009-ish, indies were not as hot as they were they are now. You know, not even so, close. No, not even close. So um, I did a lot of local Midwest stuff, and then I got hooked up with uh, CZW out in Philadelphia. And when I did CZW, is kind of when I made my independent name, right? Yeah. And did a lot of good stuff out in Philly. Um, that's where Ambrose, John Moxley, and I met. Um, we he was uh, in Ohio at the time. And the way that this would work was CZW would rent a van in Chicago. And what I would do was pick up the van, pick up some guys in Indianapolis, pick up Mox in Ohio, and then we'd go to Philadelphia 12 hours one way. Russell, come on back. I did that for four years until uh, Mox got signed. And then the kind of band just kind of disbanded a little bit. And I, and I floated around for a few years and um but never stopped wrestling right? yeah. uh, as uh, as robert anthony and then most recently um and and, uh, and i'll tell the story so i became a teacher i was going to school became a teacher in about 2012 i did all those i did all the classes busted my ass uh to do that got a job and i was teaching for a year when i randomly got a call from uh, someone in the office at wwe and they said hey do you want to be an extra in milwaukee wisconsin and at this point it was right on summer break of my first year teaching. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go there just to, kinda collect, just to collect a payday and just to goof around, just see, see who I know. And, um, and, and Mox was on the road at this time. So uh, I felt comfortable that I knew people there and, and I wouldn't feel like an <laughs> So I went and I had a match with uh, Ricardo Rodriguez uh, before the doors when they used to do that. And I remember it was like a curtain sellout. Uh, uh, Seth Rollins, who um, I had his first independent match as Tyler Black was there. Uh, Sheamus and all of them were there. And, and they knew me from developmental. So they wanted to watch it. And I went in there with, I don't give a f attitude. So a lot of those guys that had those little matches were kind of just doing, you know, the, the basics. And I went in there and I was really stiff, really hard. And um, talking a lot of during the match. And Regal gave me a look. And I was like, oh, man, I think I f***ed up. So I rolled out, and he came over to me. He goes, hey, in a few minutes, I want you to come to this room and cut a promo. So I said, okay, cool. So when I went to do this promo, I still had, I didn't give a f attitude. And I didn't cut a promo, the typical wrestling promo. I just gave him one minute rundown of my life after getting fired and how I felt and the anger that I had. And he kind of sat me down, and he goes, he goes uh, I'm going to bring you to the performance center. And I'll give you a, a couple day trial for summer if you want it. And I said, well, when is it going to be around? And it was, again, around one of my breaks from teaching. So I said, you know what? F it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to collect this payday and, and see what's going on. So they sent me to the performance center for a couple days. There's 70 other guys trying out. Uh, Bill Lamont is there at the time. And, and Bill was uh, Rilla and myself's trainer in Deep South. 
So we go there. I do the tryout. At the end of the tryout, Regal comes up to me and he goes, all right, so I got to ask you a question. He goes, do you want to be here or do you like the idea of being here? And I, I didn't understand. I said, I, I don't understand the question. He goes, well, let me tell you something else then. He goes, you've done something because he knew my story. He goes, you've done something that not many people can do once they leave here. You survived and you survived it in your own way. And that hit me, hit me real hard in the chest because I was like, man, I did survive. I, I, I crawled out of so much after getting fired and feeling like a nobody at almost 30 years old and got a job with a pension, health insurance. I just bought a house at the time. Life was looking good. And my wife, who doesn't know the strength of the business, she just knows from what she sees on TV. I, I told Regal, I, I got to think about this. He goes, all right, think about it because you have a decision to make. You could come to the performance center or, or don't, but just know what might happen again. And I was like, oh, f So I left Orlando, went home, talked to my wife, and she's like, all right, well, you're going to go to the performance center. You're going to sign, right? I'm like, man, you don't understand that life. I'm like, what we have now is very stable and it's going to be there for as long as I want it. If I go back, it's not stable and it could be taken away from me um, without me ha having any say in it. And so we talked about it and I decided that, you know, that wasn't what I was going to do. But my life as a WWE signed contract wrestler ended in 2013 because I decided that it ended. I decided that what I was doing now was better for my myself and the family that I was building than to take a chance to possibly make what a hundred grand starting out on the road. Um, and, re and when, I, when I was teaching in the city at the time, I was making about 60,000. So I, I broke down my wife ago after I pay my own health insurance, after I take out my own taxes, after I take out all these expenses, I'm still at square one. With, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know so what? I broke it down to her that way, you know? Um, you know, it's funny how life sometimes you, you don't think you learn things and then it kind of echoes. So, um, you and I both, uh, I think we got, I think you got fired first. I got fired after you. I, I don't, or it might've yeah. been the same day. I don't even remember anymore. seems like it was yesterday. So, um, just curious who, who fired you just for, uh, okay, cool. So you're with me. You're with me. Oh, All right. yeah. oh, Trevor, the best, the best. Trevor's safe. Oh, Trevor's safe because Trevor's oh, was hired and fired by John Laronitis. Yeah. I was a but, second no, level yeah, yeah, yes. But I would just I, I digress because this is important. So I when they when uh, I was with Snoop and I came back and John said you know basically that we made a mistake and we want to bring you back basically is what he what he said. Uh, you know. I had to make that same decision. And at that time, I was married. I had a nice house. I had a great paying job with Snoop. We had dogs, garden. You we, had, we, had a, we had a life. And I went the other way with it. Yeah. And which ended, un unfortunately, in a divorce. Now, listen, I love my life now, and I love, right. you yeah. know, but yeah. at that time, I traded my family right. for a cha to chase the dream. Right. And it just so happened that it blew up into other things. But looking at who made the best decision, mine was luck. You know what I'm saying? And you made probably the bravest decision that I've ever heard of because most of us aren't that strong. I wasn't, you know. I don't uh, think I would have been if they would have ever. No, no, you know. So, I don't think I would have. So, it was. 
No, and let's be honest. I can't do the real world. I'm incapable of it. I'm yeah, we, I didn't even ask you, you know, Kevin. <laughs> exactly, and I appreciate that, but I, I – Yeah, man, we, I we knew 1,000% as soon as they called you, like, yes, I'm in. Uh, what time is yeah, the plane leaving? I need 15 we minutes. Invisible man. Yeah. yeah, we weren't offering you a job. We were just wishing you happy birthday. Yeah, and I think too, Robert. Yeah, which when, I never got the happy birthday text, so that that yeah. kind of you know, I knew it was something when they called. When I haven't you, spoken to them since I left. When you had to make that decision, Robert, there was one place to wrestle. You know what I mean, right? I believe it was just WWE. You know, and no, and that TNA was there too. Uh, oh, okay. I was there, bro, but you weren't going to make yeah, yeah. T- that much money. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah, there was one for the money you were talking about. The sacrifice. Yeah, right. There is only one place. Yeah. Well, yeah. it puts a lot like on your mental sanity. Like you decided to to choose your mental health and your happiness yeah. and what was more important for your family, and that. And, and you know why? And you know why? Because you cried the day you got fired. Yep. It, it was a tough decision to make because um, we're fans, and there again for me, there still is unfinished business, but I'm at peace with it. Like. I wanted that action figure. I wanted to be a right. champion. I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be on a, a pay-per-view chair or a poster or things like that because I grew up and saw the Ultimate Warrior and, and do it. So when I made that decision, I knew that I was thinking of the family that I was starting. My, right. my wife was uh, – she either was pregnant or we already had our son by the time that this happened. And, and I wasn't going to put – um them in a position of that nomad life for me i gave it up you know and i was at the time i was pretty happy with my independent run and i decided that i was going to quit after i told them no um i was saying i said to myself all right well if i'm saying no to the highest level then why am i still doing it on the small level and and i decided you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna quit and um and i believe i gave it up for about three or so months and John Cohn called me and and this is where it kind of I got this new life where I got to do stuff that um, I never would have done if it wasn't for for this last opportunity so John Cold called John Cohn called me and he said hey we're gonna be in Chicago uh, we need a guy to wrestle Velveteen Dream and you're the only one that I know. And this is when NXT wasn't bringing a giant road crew. Right. He goes, you're the only guy I know in the area that I could trust. So I said, you know what? Again, good attitude. Absolutely. Let's go. Because now I get to wrestle in the Allstate Arena, uh, which was Rosemont Horizon, where I seen everyone wrestle. Never got to wrestle that before. And I'm getting a guaranteed match. And I'm going to check that off my bucket list. So when I went, and wrestled on that NXT show gave me an entrance, which blew my mind because uh, I thought I was going to get the jobber entrance where I go through the side with the referee. Hey, listen, that's an over. Minute, you know what? That's a respectable entrance. entrance. <laughs> that's a respectable entrance, yeah, sir. Yeah. We've all had that. Entrance. Yeah, we've all had that entrance at this point. Okay, all right. You were doing great. Was, you were doing so great. Now you done <laughs> everything up. Now I'm pissed, like but, sir. Have, did you have to leave? And you, you got. I suppose you got to go back through Gorilla when you were done too. Some of us didn't get that. I did. Yeah, I some did. of us. They said go side. Yeah. There's nothing yeah, left to be ramp, said here today. No, Most of the times, I just appeared on TV. Yeah, somehow. We just magically. <laughs> yeah, just like, like hey, I was standing there, <laughs> bro. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I, they, they took care of me that day, and 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 it gave me this life of like, hey, you know what? This could be my side hustle. 
this could be you made wrestling your side chick aside. how dare you yeah, i did <laughs> how well dare at, least you. At, at least at this level <laughs> well it deserved know? it at the time, the time right yeah, yeah right. You, you know, know what it did. That's- yet again the godfather is no longer the greatest wrestler of all time it's Arilla. because again he did it his way so uh what have we learned today fellas man getting fired is good sometimes yeah if you're a man about it not a little bitch like the most of us were who were like i'm fine i didn't need them anyway i'll show you did somebody call? 203 uh, number call? I've, I've learned this. If you are my friend out there, I want a phone call. <laughs> yeah. I yes. want no text Be messages unknown. anymore. You call, a, you you know, call, call Kevin. Kevin Kylie Jr. Jr. On the phone. You say hello. Like, yes. I, you I'm say hello. It back. We got to reverse this whole thing. Hey, Rob, I hope uh, you will be a uh, reoccurring guest, man. Uh, that yeah, was, no worries. Yeah, finally, we got a guest that, well, Godfather was good. It was just that one name that we will never mention. Uh, that's. <laughs> Guy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's yep. going to be the running joke in this whole rest of this. Podcast. Yeah, running joke. I don't ran. think it was him. It, it was so much. Okay, you I weren't there. You have no station. Joke. You have exactly. nothing to say because on this. You you were working. There, the show wasn't as good. You remember That's you were working. Oh, I'd love to, but I got yes. a thing. I have a thing. Yes. I just remember. So, let's texting. be honest. Do something. Yes. Do well, we didn't have to do I anything today. There. The show wasn't as good. Don't blame him. Okay. All right. You're you're probably wearing your trunks right now while you're talking to us. Uh, 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 you're not. The exactly greats off. never come out of character. They never, never break they character. Do not. They're he doesn't strong. break. He doesn't break character until five days after the DVD release. Yeah, He's legit. Right. So, all right, man. Hey, babe is real, boys. <laughs> for more podcasts like this, just like this, you can uh, check us out at foxnewspodcast.com. This has been the three wise men, and we're like five deep. Uh, Rob, Kevin, Trevor, and Aaron. Tyrus, enough said. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.